Welcome to Catalytic Leadership, the podcast designed to help leaders intentionally grow and thrive. Here is your host, author and leadership and executive coach, Dr. William Attaway. Hey, it's William, and welcome to episode 13 of the Catalytic Leadership Podcast. Each week, we're tackling a topic related to the field of leadership. My goal is to ensure that you have actionable steps you can take from each episode to grow in your own leadership. I believe, like Craig Groeschel has said, that when a leader gets better, everybody benefits. Your team, your department, your customers, your clients, your spouse, your kids, everybody. I'm excited as we continue this new journey together, so let's jump right in. In episode 11, we talked about family-focused leadership. In this episode, I want to continue on that topic for a little bit more. As I said last time, you might be thinking, I'm single. I don't have a family. I get that. So this topic is going to apply if you're married, if you want to be married one day, if you have kids, or if you want to have kids one day. If none of those apply, feel free to skip to another episode. No harm, no foul. But think carefully and consider your team members, not just yourself. Understanding this key will help you understand and lead family-focused team members more effectively. To be a truly catalytic leader is to choose to be family-focused. This gets into our priorities, into what matters most. In the last episode, I shared that when I teach and I coach on this topic, I'll often use a whiteboard and I'll draw four categories for the priorities of a leader. If you're a person of faith, like I am, your relationship with God is first. Second is your relationship with your spouse. Third is your relationship with your kids. And fourth is everything else. That's the order. If you're a person of faith, your relationship with God comes first. That's your first priority. Nothing comes before that. If you're married, your spouse is your second priority. Only God comes before your spouse in your life. If you have kids, your kids come next, not second. Your kids are not the most important thing in your life. I've heard that from too many people over the years. That is a misplaced priority if that's true. Fourth, that's everything else. And that includes your job. This framework sets the priority structure of your life. It determines what matters more and what matters most. Let me give you a personal example from my own story. In the spring of 2019, our older daughter, Erin, began to have some headaches. They were persistent and they were really painful. Despite taking pain medicine and going to the doctor, nothing would ease these headaches. We wondered if maybe she's developing migraines. I developed that when I was about her age and have suffered from those throughout my life. So we thought, well, maybe that's what she's experiencing. But when vomiting started to be added to her symptoms we decided a return trip to the doctor was the next step. After a number of tests, we discovered that she had a brain tumor that was pressing on the back right side of her brain. It was completely unexpected. I mean, no history of this at all. And it was not on our calendar of plans at all, as you might imagine. She had surgery two days after the tumor was discovered, and the pediatric neurosurgeon did a fantastic job of resecting the tumor, believing that he got all of it. This began a season in our family's life that none of us saw coming, but that we had no choice but to walk through. And so, day by day, we did. 
After several weeks of testing, analysis, and waiting, we learned that the tumor was a very rare form of cancer that only affects about 50 teenagers a year in the world. We worked with her oncology team to put together a plan for treatment, and after surgery, she had 30 rounds of proton therapy radiation in Baltimore, about two hours from our home. We temporarily relocated to the Ronald McDonald House there for her treatment, coming home most weekends to do laundry and take care of the essentials. The radiation scans would take less than an hour each day, so we tried to find ways to fill the rest of our days in Baltimore. Visits to the Babe Ruth Museum to find new places to eat, and numerous trips to the multi-story bookstore, Aaron's favorite. Those were fun. The Ronald McDonald House was fantastic, and even got us tickets to the aquarium one day. Aaron enjoyed her first Major League Baseball game to see the Baltimore Orioles play. She would get tired more easily during this, so naps or just resting and reading were also big components of those days. We finished up just before the 4th of July, and we were all thrilled to be at the end of that season and return home. Following her radiation, we began doing MRI scans every three months to see if the cancer was regrowing. The doctors told us that for the first three years, the odds of regrowth are about 50%. After three years, that drops. We're now at three and a half years out, and I'm thrilled to tell you that there has been no regrowth. We are so grateful to God for that. She now has scans every year, and we'll continue to monitor her to ensure that any regrowth can be treated quickly and decisively. And If we hit 10 years without any regrowth, her oncologist said that we won't have to do more scans, as she will officially be on the other side of this. I share this story with you to make this point. During the four months when we had doctor visits, her diagnosis, her surgery, waiting for and then receiving the biopsy results, a multitude of doctor visits, and a temporary relocation to Baltimore for her radiation therapy, my mind was not focused on what I was leading at work. I wasn't thinking about our strategic plan, our tactical execution, or who was doing what by when. I didn't completely check out, but as you might imagine, my focus was with my daughter and my family on what matters most. I had a team at work that stepped up and made sure things were moving forward. I would check in and was available to them, but our staff and our elder board made sure I knew that my priority was my family. These leaders made sure that the work and mission of our church continued, that people were served and ministered to in my absence. And so, so many people rallied around us, praying for Aaron and our family, sharing resources to help us navigate the unfamiliar world of childhood oncology, and helping to shoulder the leadership load during a season when I could not fully do so. Leaders, you have a team that you are investing in daily. Hopefully, you never experience what our family did in your life. But regardless of whether you do or not, you can begin now to make your priorities clear, to invest in your team so that they know their priorities clearly as well. When that kind of clarity exists in a team or in an organization, you'll be surprised at how positively that affects the work environment and the spirit. People today are looking for a sustainable pace that honors them as individuals. Individuals who have more components of their lives than just work. 
When teams and employers understand that and acknowledge family as a critical piece of the puzzle, it makes a significant difference in the work-life balance for team members. Choosing to be family-focused is a decision each person has to make. The team or the organization can't make it for everyone. But the leader sets the tone. And you can make it clear that your priorities are set that way and that it's okay for theirs to be too. Communicate with your words and with your actions that it's even more than okay. It's respected and it's honored. That is catalytic. If you're a parent, this goes far beyond the practical implications that I've just described. This moves into the realm of the story that you're telling and you're communicating through your words and your actions to your kids. It's often said that kids will act and model their lives based on what their parents do, not just what they say. (laughs) And if you're a parent, you know that's spot on. I believe that is absolutely true. The priorities we set as leaders through our actions will be observed and repeated by our kids. Our decisions affect more than just us. Our kids are watching, they are listening, and they are building their life patterns based on what they're seeing and hearing. Andy Stanley has written, the decisions that we make today determine the stories that we tell tomorrow. Let me ask you, leaders, what's the story you want your kids to tell about mom or dad when they're no longer at home? What will be the priorities they see lived out in you and in the decisions that you make? The decisions you make will determine the story they tell. You and I are writing our story with every choice, every priority, every decision that we make. Our kids are reading, they are watching, and they are hearing that story. And they're either replicating it whole cloth replicating it with adjustments, not necessarily the ones that we would make, or they're determining that they want to reject what they see and hear completely. I have seen all three. What's the story you're telling with the decisions you're making? What are the priorities that you are making clear to those closest to you? Catalytic leaders choose to be family-focused because they want to be intentional about the story they're writing. They want to be intentional about the story that their kids will tell. They choose in advance to be purposeful about the priorities that they set and model for their kids. Little eyes and teenage eyes and young adult eyes are watching and learning. Here's my challenge to you leaders. Be intentional here. Don't get to the end of your run and wish you had done things differently. I want to help you avoid the regrets that I have seen in too many leaders at the end of their lives. Be intentional. Pre-decide, predetermine the story you want to tell. Thanks for joining me for this episode today. As we wrap up, I have a request for you. I'd love for you to do two things. First, subscribe to this podcast so you don't miss an episode. And if you found value here, I would love it if you would rate it and review it. That really does make a difference in helping other people to find this podcast. 
Second, if you don't have a copy of my newest book, Catalytic Leadership, I'd love to put a copy in your hands. If you'll go to catalyticleadershipbook.com, you can get a copy for free. Just pay the shipping so I can get it to you, and we'll get one right out. My goal is to put this into the hands of as many leaders as possible. This book captures principles that I've learned in 20-plus years of coaching leaders in the entrepreneurial space, in business, government, nonprofits, education, and the local church. You can always connect with me on LinkedIn to keep up with what I'm currently learning and thinking about. And if you're ready to take a next step with a coach to help you intentionally grow and thrive as a leader, I'd be honored to help you. Just go to catalyticleadership.net to book a call with me. Stay tuned for our next episode next week, an interview with a truly catalytic leader. Until then, as always, leaders, choose to be catalytic. Thanks for listening to Catalytic Leadership with Dr. William Attaway. Be sure to subscribe wherever you listen to podcasts so you don't miss the next episode. Want more? Go to catalyticleadership.net.